worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. It's time for your in-depth look at the world of gaming. Here we go! The Meta with Katie Barber. Hello and welcome back to The Meta right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I'm going to start off with James Pledger talking a little bit about some exciting nudes. News. <laughs> some exciting news for kids here in San Antonio, ways to play games competitively. After that, I've got IGN's associate tech editor, Taylor Lyles, here to talk about some good gift ideas for the gamers in your life, or ideas for yourself, I suppose. Because the season, <laughs> I've heard. Like, no kidding. <laughs> and then after that, we're going to have some really fun game news, and that includes uh, some information on the new Witcher series, or the second season of the Witcher series. Pledge is going to give us a spoiler-free review of the new Spider-Man movie, <laughs> talk a little bit about Hawkeye, and some fun other stuff. So I guess to start, so Chris Sines was on our show a couple of weeks ago. He's the CEO of Texas Game Empire, and uh, he actually announced on the show that he was getting ready to start a new job with the YMCA here in San Antonio to run their esports leagues. Well, this week he announced that registration opened for those esports leagues, and I'm, appa- like, I'm appalled in a good way about what games and the number of games that kids can actually re- uh, register for. So there's going to be two age brackets. You've got 12 to 14-year-olds and then 15 to 17-year-olds. So they've got Madden, they've got FIFA, NBA 2K, Rocket League, Magic the Gathering, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Mario Kart Deluxe 8, and then Fortnite, you've got one 1v1 and duos. So there's a lot of opportunity here. They say all skill levels are welcome. So even if you've been playing for, you know, six of your 12 years of, of life, or you just started playing recently, um, there's there's a spot for you. I'm really excited. Like This is exciting. And the fact that it's happening here in San Antonio and that we can kind of get kids into esports and gaming competitively yeah. uh, at this young of an age and have avenues for them to at least try competitive gaming. Yeah, and... and- even I just think for kids, you know, playing in a competitive something is really good, whether it be, you know, chess or <laughs> video games or physical sports, exactly. you know, whatever it is. I think it's really good for kids developmentally to to be competing and learn good sportsmanship and learn how to not be a bad sport about the inevitable <laughs> losses that we all face in life. And I, you know, I just think it's a great way for kids to also get together. You know, we've been in this pandemic for what two, two years. Three, almost three years? I don't. I can. Uh, it started twenty twenty, right? Oh yeah, I know you're right. See, time is time is a mystery to me right time now. Time is a construct, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fact that we're at over you know almost two years where you know kids especially have had fun things taken away from them, even if it, if if you consider it necessary or not, whatever. But you know, a lot of opportunities for kids to socialize have been taken away from them. So this is a really great way for kids 
at the Y, and you don't even have to be a member. You can be a Y member or a non-member and still participate. But, you know, the Y, the YMCA does a lot of great things for the community already, and this is a great additional opportunity. Uh, registration is open now, and it's open until January 24th. So if you want to register your kids, you just go to ymcasatx.org slash sports. Just scroll down to the eSports League. Um, and you can register for the individual games there. They're also looking for parent volunteers. <laughs> so even if you're outside of that 12 <laughs> to 17-year-old age range, um, they are looking for volunteers to help you know, run the tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. So please reach out to Chris. You can do that through the YMCA website. Um, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to throw this over to Taylor so we can talk with her from IGN about her, uh, her gift ideas. Because later on, me and James are going to talk for quite a while, finally. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. It's great that we're talking to Taylor coming up here in a little bit. Taylor Lyles of uh, IGN. IGN. Because I know some things that I want mm-hmm. for Christmas. But what's perfect for the gamer in your life? What are some things that are coming out this holiday season? What are some things that are perfect for gamers? Because mm-hmm. there are multi-levels of gamers. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets lost, at least by parents shopping a lot of the time, is, you know, there is your kid a PS person or an Xbox person? Is it a, do they want it all on the cloud or do they want the the drive mm-hmm. with the with their PlayStation or Xbox? Right. So maybe are you getting a PC Series X or too, right? Exactly. Like, and what PC off- gamers mm-hmm. maybe building their own PC, mm-hmm. which incredible <laughs> respect to all those that build their own PCs. My buddy just did a new build on his with a couple of terabytes in it and it's it's sexy. Yeah, and I mean that's it's that's <laughs> but the it's feeling, also right? something that I feel like I would break no. thirteen times trying no. to build it. James, I've built two computers. <laughs> I, it's not that hard. If I and all of the chaos that surrounds me can do it, you are gonna be fine. Um, and she, what I do like though too is she talks about what's good, but we she also talks about what you may be looking for and maybe aren't able to find. And she talks a little bit about what you can do to kind of try at least and get those hard to find items for the holidays. I'm excited to figure it all out. So Taylor will be with us right after this break right here on the Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. You can listen online at sasportstar.com. And right now I've got associate tech editor at IGN Taylor Lyles here with me. Thank you again so much, Taylor, for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. So uh, I can't believe that tomorrow will be one week from Christmas. I feel like this year has just blown by and I, I still have gifts to buy unfortunately. And uh, so I know if I do, I know a lot of other people still have gifts to buy. And I felt like uh, in your role that you're at at IGN and, you know, you've been covering video games and the video game industry for years. um, I felt like you would be perfect to bring in to maybe give me some good gift ideas and maybe the listeners some good gift ideas for the gamers in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know where to start. I mean, well, okay, so let's just let's let's address the elephant in the room real quick. So we we know that one of the high ticket items that everybody's probably looking for <laughs> this holiday season is definitely the PlayStation Five or the Xbox Series X. Yeah. Now it's going to be hard to get those, obviously, just mm-hmm. because of chip shortages, bots. There's so many different contributing factors. I've been covering this beat uh, for you know since pre-orders opened up for the PlayStation Five <laughs> uh, last year. 
So, you know, uh, I mean, my always advice uh, for having these, like, when people ask me, how do I get one for my kid or how do I get one now? It's, you know, it's always kind of hard for me to, like, even say myself because it's like the the restock patterns are so irregular Mm -hmm. but i do know that uh places like best buy and i think amazon is actually doing one amazon will do one for like its prime members they're gonna do sporadic restocks over the next like couple weeks going into the new year and best buy does things like its total tech membership which steep price it's 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 about two (laughs) hundred dollars better your odds and you know uh so it's definitely still tricky to buy one of those consoles. But, you know, if if you want a new console, but you don't care too much about having, like, the most powerful, like, graphics and things like that, the Series S is a viable option. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good price point. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's not a 4K gaming machine. It, it, it's a 1440p sweet spot. But um, I think it's a good entry point, especially if you're buying this for a young kid, because I'm sure they don't care too much about how many teraflops is in the console and things like that. You never so, know nowadays, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, nowadays, yeah, look, I'm, I'm just saying, if I'm buying a game console for, like, my cousin or something and they're, like, 10 years old, I, I'm, I would be more inclined to buy them a Series S over a Series X, you know. So, and, you know, even, that, even so, uh, if we pause and just, like, take a step back from just, like, game consoles, which mm-hmm. I know everybody wants to talk about the game consoles, mm-hmm. the other thing that uh, we definitely want to talk about is just accessories for them. Yeah, there's so you know. Yeah, yeah there's so many. And like I guess so. Yeah, PlayStation yeah. just announced some really big ones this week. Oh yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, it's just you know, uh, you know, especially with like if you have a PS5, if you're lucky to, to get one mm-hmm. or was able to get your hands on one, you know, uh, one thing that you're probably thinking that you might need is oh my god, like you look at how little storage there is. About like about six hundred and sixty-four gigs. Like mm-hmm. once you set up everything, so. <laughs> You know, obviously that might be one thing on your agenda to get. So, you know, SSDs, because we finally have uh, a storage expansion for the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. so you can crack open that PlayStation 5, get yourself an SSD. So, you know, I've also been kind of like covering that beat of just like finding the right SSDs and finding the best price right. for them because SSDs are not cheap. As someone who's built PCs and puts M.2 SSDs in their in their rig, I, I, it's mm-hmm. funny seeing like the wow factor that that console players have that own a PS5 that are like, man, why are these things so expensive? But <laughs> you know, <laughs> so my, the, oh. I had I had a well, I had a couple of my friends and just like colleagues and stuff like that just like ask me kind of like what's the best SSD to buy for the PlayStation 5 and like I've, I've recommended so many different ones mm-hmm. some people were fine with like buying the third party heat sink if they bought an SSD that doesn't come with one but something like the Western Digital SN850 with the heat sink has one built into it okay and that's and the yeah, that's know, the big defining what? difference between what would work what you need for your PlayStation 5 and, and what you may find on the shelf if you ran to Best Buy right is the heat sink <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's one, well, that's one of the things. I mean, because I, I very much have had people, like, you know, message me and say, hey, Taylor, is this, this the right, uh, will this work on my PS5? And they said, because, like, they saw that really attractive price, and they're like, mm-hmm. like it'll be, like, $100, and it's, like, a one terabyte. I was like, well, that's a really good price, but that is not going to work on your PS5. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, but I have been seeing a lot of the, the SSDs that actually do work with the PlayStation 5 do go on sale. And, I, I, you know, when people ask me, like, what is the best one, I, there's not really – you know, I, I can't really say definitively which one, which is the best mm-hmm. one. It really, to me, it comes down to, like, if I'm speaking just, like, on a general public, I mean, if anybody wants to know which one I use, I use the Samsung uh, 980 Pro. I'm taking some notes right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so, I mean, it really just depends. Like, the other day I recommended a friend, the, the Western Digital one, uh, the one terabyte configuration, because 
Uh, it was they didn't they were first off already intimidated to crack open the PS5 and install the like the SSD manually. Mm-hmm. But and, and just for people out there, you don't need to worry. It's actually not that hard. Mm-hmm. I know it seems like it's that hard. It's not that hard. And there's plenty of guides on like YouTube. I know IGN. We did one. So it, it, it has someone who's also done it. And you, I know, I know, I built mm-hmm. these and stuff, but I promise it is not that hard. No, I almost, but, I like to tell people it's like doing a puzzle almost. Like if you, if you take the time to look at what you're using and what the, like the motherboard says, it's like doing a, yeah. it's like putting together a puzzle. A very expensive puzzle. Yes, yes. That's very yes. sensitive. It's like, and you don't want to, <laughs> please don't ground the puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, so like, like for instance, I mean, but it also just depends on your comfortability. Like I very much have recommend people the, the, the Western Digital one over like the one that I use, and mm-hmm. of course the Samsung, Samsung has also released a uh, a 980 Pro that comes with a built-in heat stick as well. Uh, and you know, it really comes down to like how much you're willing to pay. Uh, and you know, if you if you really want to go for the the most cost-effective approach, my opinion is get the one without the heat sink and then just buy the third-party heat sink because you can go on Amazon get one of those mm-hmm. that are compatible with it for like like ten dollars on average. <laughs> but, nice. uh, but, you know, it, 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 but if I also had to pick the one that was also currently the most consumer friendly, cost effective and most approachable in terms of like, oh, I don't have to fiddle around with like putting my own heat sink on or mm-hmm. something like that. It would definitely be the, the, the Western Digital SN850 with the heat sink, because last time I checked, it was on sale for like $200, which, you know, with a one terabyte configuration, I know that sounds like a lot, but take it for me. It's actually a really good deal, especially yep. since that one usually costs about $280. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, and when you're looking at the like the 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 on the PlayStation Five, the the memory that is available to you, you know, stock inside the console when you get it, it sounds it, it doesn't go far. You you get games like Call of Duty, and you oh, can yeah. fit Call of Duty in like two games on on the entire uh, on the entire drive. So y- these upgrades on memory are unfortunately really really necessary. They are. You know, um, but of course, too, like if you're just someone who like like my brother, for instance, uh, all he plays on his PlayStation 5 is 2K. That's, that's, all, he <laughs> that's all he plays. So obviously, if I'm buying him a gift, like obviously that's probably not something I would buy him. And if I was to buy him something like that, I'd probably get him like a 500 gigabyte one. Mm-hmm. It seems the most approachable. Like I know a lot of people think that they need like the two terabyte or I, I know Seagate has like a four terabyte one that costs like a thousand dollars. Like, good Lord. Right. <laughs> you know, every, <laughs> everyone thinks that they need. Uh, they need that two terabyte or more. And I feel like realistically speaking, I think most people probably just need one terabyte. And I say this for a couple of reasons, just only because I think one terabyte gives you enough headroom for if you do have those larger file installs, but also someone like me that has, like, I think last time I checked, I had about, uh, I don't know, but like four, maybe five, six Mm -hmm. games installed on my PlayStation 5 currently. And I still have yet to use any of the storage like that I added from that Samsung SSD that I installed. Hmm. And of course, you know, everybody's different. I mean, I, I, like I don't have Call of Duty installed on my PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. but I do have like other games like Resident Evil Village installed right now. I, I have a Deathloop file installed and things like that. So I know. For, so like my advice to most people is I think most people probably just need a one terabyte. But right. like, if you want to splurge on a two terabyte, go for it. Especially if you see like a really good deal on a two terabyte. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go for the two terabyte, I'd recommend just going for the one without the heat sink because it's a little more cost effective yeah. versus buying one without the heat uh, with the heat sink built in. And mm-hmm. then you could just buy the heat sink itself. And, and again, there there are <laughs> so many. There are a lot of tutorials on how to install both. Right, learn how to do something new. <laughs> well, you know, you'll feel a lot better once you get it done. I, like it's, it's yeah. it was so funny seeing how seeing how many people freaked out. I was like, 
like, oh, God, you, uh, these poor people have never built a PC before. <laughs> well, and the, the reality is consoles are now approaching uh, PC. Like, you're, you're, it's very, there's a lot of overlap a little bit in, in capabilities and now kind of the, the maintenance and the upkeep on them. Um, so it's a lot newer for, for those console gamers. But you brought up two yeah. really, really good games that came out this year. Resident Evil Village and, uh, and Deathloop. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot of really good games that came out this year that would make absolutely great gifts for people, maybe if they are a little bit nervous to pick them up. Um, but I was just curious, like, what games you would recommend for people to, to, to give to the gamers they love? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, first off, it definitely <laughs> depends on what platform you have. But always. if I had to recommend just, like, yeah, always. Like, I mean, look, I very much have seen people, like, buy a game for, like, their kid and they their kid has like a PlayStation and they bought it for them on like Xbox or something. <laughs> but if I, if I had, so I'll kind of just like do, I'll kind of just break this down. So I guess if I had to say third party games right now, uh, one definitely, I think that everyone should buy is Resident Evil Village. Uh, Forza is a game that you can't play on. It's not a third party game. It's on Xbox, but it's also on PC as well. Mm-hmm. But that's also a game I'd recommend if you have an Xbox lover in your life. If you have a PlayStation lover in your life, I'd recommend Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart yes. or Deathloop. But I also know that Deathloop has like a time exclusive just because Xbox owns uh, Arcane and like Bethesda and all that stuff. So I was like, Xbox will probably get in like a year or so, mm-hmm. but Deathloop is really great, especially with just like the features on the DualSense controller, which I could talk for hours. I'm not going to do that. But... <laughs> I'm partial. <laughs> I love the DualSense controllers personally. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. It's it's one of my favorite controllers uh, probably of all time, honestly. I have to kind of reevaluate my, my controller obsession like, <laughs> some point before the year <laughs> i just definitely up there i just actually got my hands on one of the uh the xbox pro elite controllers the, oh the elite controllers. oh my the, the gosh i yeah, like no, the, the removable cool. buttons and paddles on the back just like the way that the uh the joystick like you they're replaceable but it's really really comfortable like i oh the, yeah. the, the the container it comes in that the case with the charging port in it it is so so, so fancy, and it's something I would actually recommend for people that have an Xbox, uh, like an Xbox lover in their life. If they don't have one already, it's going to completely change the way that they play. Um, Especially if you're playing Halo Infinite. Yes. Because like, I, I, I have the Series 1 controller, and I remember when I got it, and I, the first thing, one of the first games I played for it was Halo Master Chief Collection on my Xbox One, like, years ago. And I was just like, oh, my God, this changed my... Like, it just... it Having all those just extra paddles just, like, at your disposal, mm-hmm. just makes, it just... It really does hit different. And, you know, uh, and, you know, but also, yeah, Halo Infinite did come out. Like, there's the multiplayer version that's free to play, and the camp single-player campaign recently came out as well. And those are also very good games for the Xbox lover in your life. And also, they are on PC as well. And... Xbox Game Pass. We haven't even brought that. I up. know. That I'm like also very seriously, <laughs> seriously. Because even if you're if the if the the game lover in your life has a PC, that doesn't mean that they can't actually utilize this amazing subscription service. Like it's insane what's on it. But what if you ex- yeah. can you explain uh, Xbox Game Pass in case anybody is not aware of what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So if I had to explain what Xbox Game Pass is, like in an elevator pitch, I would say. Netflix, but video games. There you go. Owns it. <laughs> but uh, so there's there's three different like tiers of how Xbox Game Pass works. There's Xbox Game Pass for console, which gives you access to the the console library because there are different libraries for what's available like on the PC and what's available on the Xbox consoles. So if you have a subscription to Xbox Game Pass piece, or console, you'll have access to all those games. You can play across Xbox One, or you can play across the Xbox Series S or Series X. 
There's also PC Game Pass. Uh, that it recently got rebranded. It used to be called Xbox Game Pass for PC, but mm-hmm. now it's called PC Game Pass. And that just basically is for people with PC gaming, like PC like gaming rigs. And they are that's like it, the libraries are somewhat similar, but there's a couple games that are on like kind of like not quote unquote exclusive to one mm-hmm. or the other. <clears throat> and, but the one I usually tend to recommend is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, if you're deeply embedded in the Xbox ecosystem. Even if you have, honestly, even if you just have like Xbox console, I still would recommend just getting Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. And here's yeah. why. So you, it, not only does it combine both access to Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass, but you also have access to Xbox Live. And I know not a lot of people really use Xbox Live now. It seems uh, not necessarily pointless, but doesn't seem necessary in the current kind of like space of how uh, online games work and functionality. I still recommend for some people, but it's a case-by-case thing. But Game Pass Ultimate combines not only just those three things, but you also get access to Xbox Cloud Gaming or xCloud, as it's also referred to as, which is just its cloud gaming service. So if anybody knows like Google Stadia or GeForce Now, basically it allows you to play games like on the cloud, you know, providing you have a, you know, internet connection mm-hmm. things like that. Or, you know, if you're on your cell phone and you use like 5G or LTE, things like that, you could just play those games on the go. And there's also, it recently also came to the consoles as well, and it's on uh, the PC Xbox app as well. So you, you have access to all this stuff. And what I love about Xbox uh, Cloud Gaming is, it, it, you know, it, I, first off, I love just Game Pass. I love that I have the ability to try games I normally wouldn't buy. Exactly. And not have any buyer's remorse. And with, with Cloud Gaming, especially since uh, the, the expansion cards, the SD expansion cards for the Series X and Series S are a little on the pricey side. It, you know, with, if there's a game I see and it's also on the cloud, I'm like, oh, cool, I can play this on my Xbox, but not necessarily play it on the Xbox in the sense where it's like, I don't have to necessarily download it. I can check it out right now, right. see if I like it or not. And it's like, okay, you know, then, you know, I'll know if I have to install it or not. And, you know, what's also great, too, is that uh, a lot of the Xbox Series X S exclusives that are coming out next year, like Starfield, you'll be able to technically play those on Xbox One through Xbox Cloud Gaming, which is, which I think just kind of still blows my mind. And given how I hard know. it is to find just the Series X specifically, the Series S is a little more easier to find these days, but given how hard it is to find the Series X, if, if you're still, like, itching to play those those games that are exclusive to those those that that family of consoles well and you still got xbox one don't feel like you're, you're going to start collecting dust on it just yet you can still use it if you have xbox game pass ultimate absolutely and something i really like about xbox game pass that i'm a big fan of like and some people get a little bit they, they get their hopes up like right they see a game that's on xbox game pass and it's a preview i love the previews though like it may not be the whole game it may only be a portion but like a game like grounded which has been in the preview uh section of the xbox game pass for a little while um it's super fun i love trying new games that that are in development and will be coming out a, a, a bigger version of the game eventually coming out um and I, I just love to try new games that are different and xbox game pass has a section of, of game previews that are that are really cool too um if yeah. you just like to see what's coming up well exactly yeah. <laughs> Um, no, th- that's all wonderful information. And seriously, if, if, even if let's say the person that you love in your life that plays games, if they don't have Xbox game pass, you should get it for them. And if you don't have it yourself, <laughs> you should definitely treat yourself, uh, and get it for you as well. Uh, thank you Taylor again for taking the time, uh, to, to come onto the meta. I really hope to have you here on the future in the future, uh, to maybe do like a game review of something that, you know, anything that's coming out next year that you, that you want to play. Um, because I, I'm just really excited to bring in other video game journalists from around, you know, all these other outlets. I had Andrew Reiner from Game Informer last week. I've got you from IGN this week. Uh, there's a lot of amazing people that 
have really great uh, opinions and takes on games, and you're one of those people. I'm really, really happy to have you here today. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you on social media? Yeah, uh, you can just find me on Twitter at Taynixter. That's T-A-Y-N-I-X-S-T-E-R. And also, I just realized, I also want to just recommend everybody go play Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. It's on, it's on a lot of different platforms, so you got options. You got options. It is an amazing game. Yes, that is an amazing rec- recommendation. Would you say that's your game of the year? Actually, Deathloop is my game of the year, but Guardians of the Galaxy is in my top ten. Awesome. Well, both Deathloop and Guardians of the Galaxy are amazing games. If you haven't played them yet, you definitely should. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, I can't get over, the, for me, what, what got me was the commentary, just the ongoing, continuous, you know, back and forth, the repartee between mm-hmm. all of the characters, the narrative. It oh, definitely yeah, deserved It deserved the awards that it got at the Game Awards. Um, yeah, and that soundtrack, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh, I know. I was a little bit upset it didn't get best score and soundtrack. I was a little <laughs> salty about that one, but... Uh, but we're going to take another quick break here on the Meta. Thank you again, Taylor. We'll have you on again in the future. Uh, this is the Meta, your home for everything gaming and esports. And when we come back, I'm going to be nerding out with game news with San Antonio Sports Stars' James Pledger. The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Remember, if you've missed any of today's show, you can always catch the podcast online at sasportstar.com under the audio vault. I've got Sports Star's own James Pledger here, as always. always (laughs) And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news that's come out this week. There isn't really a ton. We're kind of in that in-between period of the end where Christmas is here. Everybody's just doing their shopping. But there are there has been a little bit of news that's come out. Um, The first thing. That is pretty exciting. I'm not a big Splinter Cell fan, um, mm-hmm. personally, but I know there's been so many of them that clearly <laughs> I played it a lot growing yeah. up. Like I loved all of the Clancy games, mm-hmm. like Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell. Like they were all so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the few kind of first-person shooter games that I actually got into. Right. Uh, I was never big. On first-person shooter games, it was Splinter Cell, and it was like GoldenEye. Because this is like it. kind of a stealthy shooter, right? Yeah, more so than like running guns blazing. It's like ops, yeah. <laughs> it's more ops and and being hidden, mm-hmm. and it's got kind of a Metal Gear Solid feel to it a lot. So. Right. And it's not super clear right now if like any of the original developer developers are going to work on it. It's gonna but the studio working on it's uh, Ubisoft Toronto. Um, they're the same studio that made Splinter Cell Blacklist, which I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that's the last actual Splinter Cell game mm-hmm. that came out. There have been a variety of Tom Clancy, you know, universe Rainbow games, Six, right? So yeah. Rainbow Six being the really big one that we've seen a lot of, um, like in the last couple of years. You've got Rainbow Six Siege, which is still really played a lot competitively. Uh, they just announced, or we're waiting for quarantine the. It's like a, a, yeah. like a zombie. Like it reminds me of like zombies and <laughs> and Call of Duty. Exactly, <laughs> a little and bit. That, that's kind of what it's that supposed to feel like, I think. And then, but so this one's going to be a, a from the ground up total remake. Uh, it's going to follow, um, obviously, the, the story of the first game. So instead of the open world uh, games that a lot of the Tom Clancy games have been in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, this is going to have to go back to being more linear than than, than what we've been seeing. 
Uh, but it's going to be uh, made using the same engine that the Division games have been made with. Um, they're, us- they're using the- that same engine for the new Avatar game, The Frontiers of Pandora, which does look amazing. We've only gotten a couple trailers of it uh, in the last like year or so. And then they're also using that same engine on a Star Wars game that they haven't titled yet. So this is seems to be Ubisoft's like big you know engine that they're making a lot of their games in right now. And I, I'm okay with a linear game, especially in this sense where you know you're you're a SEAL team trying to solve missions. Like it, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be open world. Like it's a nice thing that if you can make it work. But for the most part, it's a type of game that needs a linear path. For the most part, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And for as much as I personally love open world games. It doesn't need to be shoehorned into jump, everything. Yeah, you can like, jump the shark with it, just like you can anything. Right, exactly. Like open world has its time and place, but you know this. It seems like this style of game, um, the stealth shooter, it just works a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't necessarily game news, but it's game related news for the new the Halo show that we talked about last week. Um, yes, the exec one of the executive producers, Kiki Wolfkill, came out and talked a little bit about the plot of the show and how it's actually going to have a separate canon. From the actual games, and they're doing this just for creative reasons. I actually have the quote here because I just think it's. I think her words are useful in <laughs> understanding get, why. Before yes. we get into the quote, I just want to say how awesome of a name. Yeah, I know Kiki the Wolfkill. Kiki Wolfkill is for somebody that is executive producing Halo. <laughs> I'm like, please don't be a stage name. Like, I hope that's her legal name. (laughs) Like, seriously. Uh, But so she says, we're referring to this as the Halo Silver timeline as a way from differentiating it from core canon in both protecting core canon and protecting the television story. And by that, I mean being able to give ourselves the chance to evolve both and for both to be what they need to be for their mediums without colliding with each other. And we talked about this a little bit last week with adaptations of things. And I don't know if I had a chance to say it, but I, I find that, what I struggle with it with adaptations is crossing mediums. You have to there there there's like an art to it. You can't just mm-hmm. take you can't just copy and paste from a book to make a movie and from a game to a movie or or vice versa. Like there, all these different types of media have different ways of immersing, you know, their viewers or their players into the story. And you and have to, and, and so. I think that this is smart. Hopefully, they're not going to go too crazy diverging from the canon. I mean, we kind of see that with Star Wars. Um, with the books versus sure. the comics versus the animated shows, so as lot, I, I I have a feeling they're not going to diverge a crazy amount because I mean they've they've announced the cast, um, and so we know there's going to be a Cortana, so mm-hmm. it's like so there are going to be aspects that are similar. I am okay with creative freedom mm-hmm. for uh, writers and stuff in instances like this because. The source material is really hard to follow, and if mm-hmm. you if you try to follow it too closely, I'm not sure you can actually do it justice. But if you're adapting it to a modern time, because remember, a lot of these things are years old. When you're when you're adapting a comic, you're talking about something that is usually twenty, thirty mm-hmm. years old, right. forty years old, fifty, sixty, seventy years old. So adaptation does need to happen to make it more current, more mm-hmm. viable. And especially when you're talking about a series like Halo, I mean, it's such a big franchise right, in terms of, and I, I relate it to, especially in gaming, Resident Evil. Yeah. Resident Evil, like the Mila Jolovich ones, didn't follow any of the games mm-hmm. at all. 
still turned out to be a really good movie franchise in terms of just pure sheer entertainment like they didn't even use the characters so much within it like the characters were not the characters from the actual game right uh the only thing that really kind of carried over was umbrella Corps and and the monsters right the zombies we're actually i think we're going to be getting an interesting test on this because the new resident evil movie is going to be going to follow the source material we've got a jill valentine we've got a chris redfield Mm -hmm. so so i'm interested but but i 100 percent agree with you and i think the we're going to talk about marvel stuff later but you can do it or even if you don't it can still be good that's the point i'm making real 100 percent, and i'm going to liken it to the marvel cinematic universe that obviously uses the source material very heavily but you know, the fun kind of is in... It pieces it together right, as and, well. And what's going to be used from canon and what's going to be different, right? Like, that's that's kind of the fun in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm happy to see we know there's going to be a Master Chief because he's been cast. We yes. Know? Right, so so we know that the core things in the, in the series are going to be maintained. And very well, I mean, when you look at film development or film production versus game development, right? They're very. If this show continues and it's maybe it goes on for seasons, it like it may outgrow what the narrative is available in the Halo franchise. So you know, though that that liberty does give them room to surpass, like in terms of, you know, there's. I'm like I was gonna say five, six, seven. I'm like, how many Halo <laughs> games are there? There's there's quite a few that has, and so it has a long narrative. But yes. you know, how much of that can you fit in a season? You know, how much of that can you fit in three seasons, five seasons? So it's a lot like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones was being written as the series of winter. We're (laughs) waiting for him right now. It's it's waiting for a book to finish. So the winds of also winter in Texas, too, at the same time. It's so hot right now. But no, I I agree with you. And we saw how that that did go. So Mm, it's a real hit or miss. (laughs) But the Witcher, the Witcher TV series, which premiered today, um, the second season of it. Another great example, you know, mm-hmm. like they're they're using the game's lore really, really heavily, but they're not necessarily following the games. Yeah. But the lore that's present in the games, you know, you read about the events that happen in the show in the books if you explore. So I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. But I think it's worth talking about how they're being up front. They're telling us right now it's not going to be, you know, shot for shot canon, um, story storyline canon. Uh, and it's funny because... Uh... I know we're going into the, we just got done talking about Resident Evil, (laughs) and Resident Evil 8 Village was one of the most completed games of 2021. I love these stats a lot, because it just kind of gives you a good idea of, like, what games do people feel, like, what games do you want to finish? Like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of games I get 75% of the way through. It's not a bad game, but... I just I hit a wall. Yeah. It was not compelling enough for me to finish, you know. It, but and, and the uh, and, and so number one, like you said, Resident Evil Village um, also won a bunch of won, won some game awards. The yeah. I can't what is it, Lady Demistru? I don't know how to say her yeah. her name. The tall, pretty lady that everybody wants to stomp on them. Exactly, <laughs> that has some incredible freaky mods. <laughs> Including <laughs> the Thomas the Train mod. We spent too long talking about Thomas the Train mods earlier, <laughs> just like for fun. <laughs> but uh, but number two, unsurprisingly, and these are games that Andrew mentioned mm-hmm. um, last week. These are and some of these games are games that Taylor mentioned in the uh, yep. in the interview just just a couple minutes ago. Uh, number two, Metroid Dread, yes. which is the long-awaited next entry in the Metroid series. And that's awesome. And I, and I know it's followed by Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was just mentioned by Taylor. Yeah, and, and it's an amazing game. It is. But Metroid Dread, and I, I 
I love the Metroid series because I don't know if you were shocked to find out that Samus was a girl at first. No, but, but upon, I knew that upon a, completion I, yeah. of the first ever Metroid, right. like that was like the, the big twist. What? Like Luke and Leia are sisters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it but was like just to find out. That's not in the moment. Cool. You tricked me. <laughs> uh, I, I, but I, it's become yeah. one of the mo- most coolest video game characters, and all the video games and, is Samus. And on and honestly, like if you look at every year um, during like E three time when it comes to what is Nintendo going to tell us? Like, what franchise, you know, is going to get maybe the first new game in five years or so? Um, Metroid, for the longest time, was, can we get another Metroid yeah. Prime? And then we got Federation Force on the, on the 3DS, not good, right? Like, there have been some Metroid games that have been not, you know, have been underwhelming. And so mm-hmm. I'm happy to see that Metroid Dread really was the game of the year for a lot of people and that it was completed. The people developers- are always looking for a new Metroid game, mm-hmm. a new Mario game of some sort. Yep. And a new Legend of Zelda game of yeah. some sort. Everybody's like Breath of the Wild too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and luckily we get the new Pokemon Legends RCS game. Um, will be in January. So Nintendo, just keep killing it, please. Um, everybody, just keep killing it. It's a good time to to love games. So, but we're gonna take a real quick break. Uh, me and James will be back. We're gonna talk about Spider Man No Way Home. We're gonna talk about Hawkeye. We're gonna talk about our favorite gaming-related Christmas memories, mm-hmm. and gaming-related holiday traditions. James has got a great one. So um, we'll be right back here on The Meta on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. The Meta with Katie Barbo on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Meta, your source for all things gaming and esports, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. I'm your host, Katie Barber, and I've got my bud, James Pleasure, here with me. What's up, Katie? <laughs> right? I, I So I haven't seen Spider-Man yet. We've been talking about it since, like, <laughs> every time something new has come out for it, <laughs> like, the whole time, um, since we've been pondering how the movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. You saw it last night. I did. I have not seen it, but I need you to tell me and everyone else, did it live up to expectations? It actually surpassed. Really? It was fantastic. I had such a good time. It was two hours and 45 minutes long. Yes. It does not feel like it. It does not drag. It's really good storytelling. Um it doesn't feel like too much. Like I feel like that was no. a little bit what people were worried about. Like that I that's what what, what happened in Spider-Man 3 in the uh Toby Maguire. Like it was too much. It was Spider-Man uh Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Garfield. It was too much too fat. Like they were trying to throw too much in too and it just got clunky. Mm-hmm. You can do that as long as you tell a story well and you don't rush to the finished product. They allow the story to play itself out. And nothing feels rushed. Everything feels like it's happening in the time that it should. And that's a sign of really good storytelling mm-hmm. by, you know, John Watts, right? So uh, I loved every minute of it. There are things for everyone in there. Um, there's a lot of Easter eggs. There are a lot of tributes. There are a lot of nods and mm-hmm. hat tips and all of these great things within this movie. And the movie itself is a fantastic, fantastic way to tell this uh, story of 
Tom Holland Spider-Man and the characters that we've come to know and love with Ned Leeds and uh, MJ. Mm-hmm. Like it's happy Aunt May. Like it's mm-hmm. really, really, really good. Really, really, <laughs> really well told. And you know, you get the introduction of these characters like Otto Octavius from the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. You get the introduction of the Green Goblin of Norman Osborn uh, from that same universe. You get the introduction of Sandman and Electro and mm-hmm. Lizard from uh, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and having to go against these and all the Spideys together. It's really, really cool to kind of see this play itself out and Doctor Strange's interaction with them. Like, it was fun. And there are two post-credits. Good. So, just for all those waiting to go see it, I'm not going to ruin anything. (laughs) I'm not saying anything that you haven't seen in a trailer. Right. Like, I'm not going going to be that person. I'm just going to tell you how well done I thought it was, how exceptionally told the story was written and told and acted by everyone involved. And I'm going to let you know that there's two post-credit scenes so you know exactly how long you have to wait. And the last one is at the very end. Like very, very end. <laughs> like screen credit, <laughs> that post-credit scene plays... Yahtzee house lights come up <laughs> like it's done. Oh my gosh. Like they, they make you sit through every second of it. Oh man. I mean, as a Marvel fan, which by the way, I saw people getting up again last night. How and many, how many Marvel movies need to be like shown in theaters? I don't get it. I don't. I don't. And I'm t- immediately judging those people. <laughs> But you also don't, it's like you're lost, right? Like, <laughs> they're lost. I was so mad. Like, I got un- <laughs> unethically and unreasonably angry when oh I saw people God. leaving. Like, I just wanted to scream out, wow. don't you know better by now? <laughs> Man, I I personally am really excited for, like, the multiverse of madness part of the MCU, this phase that we're going into from, you know... Just from, I loved the, okay. the scholar. So this is not a spoiler. Right, okay. This mm-hmm. is not a spoiler, but the final post credit is a teaser for Multiversal oh, Madness. Yes, I just I love <laughs> I just love the just how chaotic it's going to chaotically fun it's going to mm-hmm. make the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know what was fun about the MCU when it started was just seeing these characters come to life in a connected way, just knowing. That in the future we would be getting all of these movies, and now we get to really tap in to what makes, like, what's made the comics fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it again, it's it's this jumping mediums that they've done a really good job with. But speaking of Marvel, <laughs> just gonna take a little bit of a sidebar because Hawkeye, Hawkeye is getting ready to wrap, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Next week is the final, or is Next it... week's the final episode of Hawkeye. Yes. And what's been your? Uh, how would you have graded Hawkeye? I've loved it so far. Yeah. It's been fantastic. Um, it's not the best thing because I honestly think Loki was the best thing they've done. Yeah. Um, like if you had to rank like the Marvel, the, 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 these shows that have come out in between movies. So far, and 
Um, if I'm gonna rank things, Loki's <laughs> number one. Loki okay. was just I excellent. Love Loki. Yeah, it was excellent. Every bit of it was excellent. Two, depending how this ends. Right. Okay. That's fair. Good, because fair. because I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier was gonna be the best thing they did, but then the ending felt rushed okay. and and crammed, and it just it made the rest of it feel kind of flat. Like it changed the way you felt about the the beginning part of the show. Yeah. Okay. That's very fair. A hundred percent. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. But it is what it is. I know they had to deal with COVID and Mm. shut that studio shutdowns and stuff like that. But so WandaVision's probably my two. Mm -hmm. And depending how Hawkeye finishes, it could vault it. It could not. And what if's probably um, either last or second to last so far. I'm really what if I've enjoyed, uh-huh. but it's the it's the least of right now. I mean, it's it's not a crack at it, right? It's just that no. there's it's got a lot of really good things to be compared to. I'm really excited for the Agatha Harkness, yes, oh, spinoff series because I just love I love Catherine Hahn. She's so we have great. the same first name. It's just not the name I go by. <laughs> Spelled the same too. Um, and she's just her character the entire way through. Mm-hmm. Wandavision was just cracking me up. She's and that's just, the thing, I people get mad at WandaVision for whatever reason, but I thought it was so excellently done with the warping so. between realities oh, and yeah. TV series. Like, I thought it was just You're, fantastic. It's like Scarlet Witch has such a specific power that it really was, it, it was a and good a way of And a lot of people show- are like, I, I didn't understand it at the beginning. I'm like, you're not supposed to. You know what else people said that about? The Witcher series, the first season, which I know you said you haven't quite watched yet. So I'm not. Season two started. Over this time, I'm going to take the time <laughs> right. and I'm going to start in on it. <laughs> and, and and one of the things is that people were really confused and upset about um, how they time jump a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's, but it, to me, it's very, very I mean, important. I heard those complaints about Eternals, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you can't figure out where they're at, then that's on you. This right. is, they put it on screen, A. Mm-hmm. And B, like, if you can't tell by the... Uh, costumes then i don't know what to tell you right <laughs> well uh <laughs> so after this episode that we air today we're gonna be on a break for two weeks we'll be back the first week mm-hmm. of january so while i've got you here you know <laughs> i need to know because i'm gonna share mine too but yeah. like what is your like most favorite like christmas holiday memory involving games because i know i have one and most people who play games have a yeah. have a christmas that changed it all for i us. remember <clears throat> Unboxing at Christmas from Santa, my very first Nintendo with Duck Hunt and oh, Mario Brothers and yeah. Zapper, like all of it. Like I was so excited <laughs> to get it and mm-hmm. to be able to play. Like the rest of my presents didn't matter at that point in time. You're like, it's like, let me just take this out of the box now. <laughs> this is all I need. This is all I wanted. This is all mm-hmm. I needed. The rest is ancillary. <laughs> right, 100%. And that was probably one of my fondest gaming Christmas uh, memories. Uh, for me, so I I have a story where I begged my parents for a Game Boy Color, and that was not a Christmas present. But that, cause that was Is a, that the one you've <laughs> still got right now? That So I still carry around a Game Boy Color with Pokemon Yellow. That was like my first, like... I begged my parents for this combo. Yeah. Um, but I did not get that for Christmas. Oh, okay. I, I, I whittled them down and made them get it for me like during the school year one year. <laughs> um, I was in second grade. But the year that the N64 and the PS1 came out, my parents, I don't know if it's because my older sister had had them or, or what, mm-hmm. but I guess Santa, I shouldn't say my parents. Santa 
gave me. <laughs> Santa dropped under the tree a PlayStation 1 and an N64. Um, wow. On the same Christmas. And they came, the N64 was one that had a bundle of games with yep. it. And the, and the PlayStation had a demo disc. And I am not lying to you when I say that I played the demo disc on the PS1 for like two months. Because it had a bunch I, of great games you, on Because it. I could just play like, I just loved even just the first level of Crash Bandicoot, mm-hmm. you know, which... <laughs> you could but, play it over and over. But that was the that was it for me. After that Christmas, we had the PlayStation 1 in the living room. My mom would sometimes play Tetris on it. I had the N64 in my room. <laughs> nice. And I think that that was the end of me just like... <laughs> ever wanting anything else for Christmas. That, that was just the snowball to get me to sitting here on the meadow with James Pledger today. <laughs> um, but James is telling me about a real quick, we're going to do this yeah, real quick, yeah. um, but his favorite holiday tradition, and now I need to join in. Yeah, you have to. I go down to Houston every year to my buddies, and we play burial cart. Can you explain it? Yes. What you do is you're not allowed to drink and drive. <laughs> So whether you chug your beer at the beginning of the race when it turns green or you drink it periodically as you fall off, whether it's Rainbow Road or the boardwalk and you're waiting to get put back on in play and you drink during that time, Mm -hmm. you just have to finish your beer before you finish the race. That's burial cart. Do you win? You personally? I personally won. I don't win as much as I should. (laughs) (laughs) Well... We're going to have to play a good old game of Birio Kart. I'm Maybe in. other people should be playing a ba- game of Birio Kart this I've still got a 64, so I'm in, I'm in. We in can do honor. this. In our honor. Well, I hope everybody who's listening to the meta has a wonderful holiday season, a happy new year. I can't wait to be back next year in 2022 on the meta here at San Antonio Sports Star on ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM.